And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hulk Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Jedi's and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering something Star Wars. In this episode, ten years after the fall of the Republic, Obi-Wan Kenobi is hiding, uh, is hiding and watching over Luke Skywalker. But when Leia Organa is taken, Bell Organa calls upon the Jedi to help him. There will be... Y'all, my grande boyfriend is back. He is hot and chewing scenes and camp as hell. And oh my god, I'm going to be just as insufferable over my grande boyfriend as I was when we recorded Rebels, y'all. We are talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 1 this week. My name is Hope. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. <sighs> my girl, I love him. I love my grande. He is back. He's so I good. I think he's, he's the most from animation to live action character that has the most artistic license to me. Because he just went from like a thin gaunt head to a round like... He looks like like almost like a, like the character from Hellraiser, you know? The, the pinhead character from Hellraiser. He's got a round face. But I think they probably picked him because... His acting is really good. He's, He's he chews it up. So, he chews every yeah. scene just how Grande should. Grande is a sexy yeah. bastard who he's a sassy bastard too. And he's all just like, Oh look, you're alive. Time for me to kill you again. Like he is so sassy. This is him at the height of his power. He is so hot. He was so good. Kenobi who? This is the Grande boyfriend show. Fuck Kenobi. Oh <laughs> Fuck those kids. <laughs> this is the Grande show. <laughs> It's just in, in Rebels, he was so, like, gaunt. He was, and like, gaunt and, and, sle- and slender. And this he's one, he's... elbows and teeth. He, this one, he's just, like, sort of... He's sort of puffy. He's got a little little marshmallow-y little, little, gut, little gut to him. But he does that great, this great acting thing that I love my, like, scene-chewer actors where he'll be talking and his mouth will stay in one place while his eyes are are just like ser- searching the room or, l- or focusing in on something else while he's talking and it's just it's 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 almost like classic west it is classic western like spaghetti western you know 50s and 60s you know western heavies acting i love it there's one thing actually in the scene, um, the opening scene I didn't put it in my notes, is when he walks through a sunbeam, he's clearly wearing like red contacts because it hits his eyes and they're red. But in the following scene, when he is like kind of like very much zeroing in on the shopkeeper and about to kill him, his eyes are yellow. And I was just like, that's interesting. They gave him like the red Sith eyes, but like his eyes are supposed to be yellow, so he has both. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> well, maybe he has, maybe they, maybe they hit different color. They're like mood eyes, you know. <gasps> you know when I'm he's saying? in love with me, do they turn purple? Oh, Jesus. I'm so excited, my grande. Guys, I mean it. I'm going to be fucking insufferable 
Hope's purple-eyed grande. My boy is here. Fuck Kenobi and those kids. Oh, <laughs> Fuck him. <boy>, oh, <laughs> My grande boyfriend. I forgot how much I loved him. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Did you have a good week, Chris? I had a pretty good week, yeah. That's good. Nothing, uh... Uh, yeah, nothing particularly very, very easygoing, not very noteworthy week for the most part, which yeah. uh, I'll I'll take that. I, anyway, uh, how was your week? Pretty good. We started the second story um, story arc for, for Light and Dice on Sunday. In fact, listeners, you probably heard it last week because that's the episode that I wanted to share with you guys. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, I started watching a new show called Spy X Family. It's a really cute little anime about a spy for a mission has to infiltrate a school. So he has to get a child and a wife. And so he doesn't realize that the the woman he finds to be his wife is actually an assassin. And the child he finds is a telepath. So the spy doesn't know she's an assassin. The assassin doesn't know that he's a spy. But the telepath knows this about both of them. But because she doesn't want to be returned to the orphanage again, she keeps the secret because she loves her new family. <laughs> okay, that's solid. That's a solid basis for uh, for. It like, is comedy. both a spy. Is it comedic? Yes, it is both. Okay. A, a, it's like a comedic spy slice of life rom com with action drama. and a, yeah, with action and adventure and stuff. Like like one of the things is uh, the assassin. Her younger brother works with the secret police, and we're talking like SS kind of Nazi secret police. And so the spy is just like, oh god, <laughs> okay, you work with the secret police for the co- for the country. I'm trying to stop <laughs> okay so but meanwhile it's also like very slice of life with like the little girl just being like why are we not doing things i'm hungry <laughs> learn how to cook spies <laughs> actually yeah so it's really cool it's called spy x family and i'm really enjoying it i'm almost done with the first season so but other than that yeah i didn't do much of anything other than you know i hope you guys enjoyed for light and dice <laughs> so i actually ready to get into kenobi Oh, I got some notes. Yeah, yeah. I, you I know have... how I'm like, I only got two notes for this, but not, not this time. So you had some reservations, not like bad reservations, but like you were excited to like get to this one because I know you had a bit I of a I wanted to see it after the blush of, because, I mean, let's face it, big shit happens in this, in this, in the show, you know, beyond, you know, just the return of you and McGregor as, as Obi-Wan. And, you know, yeah, it's it's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader meeting, you know, it's 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 some major Star Wars stuff. So it was sort of touted as this was being a sort of higher level production and stuff and and watching it. And, you know, I had reservations before it started because I'm like, they should never meet. And I'm and watching the when I watched, I was like, OK, it fits enough to fit it into sort of a fever dream category you know what i'm saying but um and and i really enjoyed it but like i like i think what made me really think about it was watching some of the fight scenes between vader and obi-wan again on youtube and uh going like oh yeah i'd like to watch that part again that was like really like you know i was glued to the screen watching it and like very sucked into it 
But watching it the second time, I'm like, God damn it, stop moving the camera. <laughs> you know, they're they're doing shaky cam and stuff and it and it and it's like turn up the lights and stop the shaky cam, you know, and Oh, and, and for it, once it it's very, not me saying turn up the lights. Yay! It was, very, it was very distracting. And then people started putting up videos where they turned up the lights and 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 took out the shaky cam because the shaky cam wasn't even a person holding a camera. It was done post. So they found, you know, people who do editing and work work like that, like like just millions of people at home with their computers were like, oh, that's, you know, shaky cam algorithm so if there's a shaky cam algorithm they can reverse it so and it it also means that the the image was taken from a stable image to begin with so you can more or less you know put it back to a stable image and they so they stabilized it it, yeah it was really cool you know and and it worked a lot better it was sort of like along the same lines where the people put the John Williams movie o- music over the um, Indiana Jones, tra- the new Indiana Jones trailer, you know, and for some reason. And and I was like wondering to myself, I wonder what the second viewing of this is going to be like, because I'm going to I'm not going to be sucked into what, it, you know, I mean, there was a lot of watching this going, what the hell is good? How are they going? Even if I wasn't liking, you know, where the story was going, there was going to be an element of. What the hell is, you know, how the hell are they going to wrap this all up and, you know, make this make sense and what's going to happen next? Now that I know all that, I can, you know, do and and I did in this episode, although I love this episode. I love that. It's a great. It's a great piece of Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I, I really liked Kenobi. I didn't really have any problems with it because I'm not like one of those people who are just like Vader and Kenobi can never meet ever because they had this one line in A New Hope. Like I'm not one of those people. And in my head, everything still worked in canon because the whole point of them meeting again is Obi-Wan getting closure and the, the person that Anakin is is dead. And that, to me, is, like, not a lie. Because he's gone. This is Vader. And Obi-Wan has closed that chapter of his book. So when he tells Luke, like, your father died, he truly believes it because Anakin is gone as a person. And so, like, I never had any issues with that. And I really liked the show for the the most part. Like, there's a few things here and there. But I thought it was very solid from beginning to end. My thing about it is I just kind of stopped thinking about it. Like, I got to the end of the year and I forgot Kenobi was last year. It, like, didn't leave a lasting impression on me, and I didn't know why. So I'm kind of interested to kind of, like, figure that out. Because, like, even, like... Um, well, because I, I I would say because what it accomplishes is really cool. Like, I, I, I like how it, how, like, Vader and Kenobi, like, kind of heal each other, you know? There's yeah. still enough of the bond left. It's it's a nice idea. It's 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 nicely executed, but it's not super important to the story. It's it's a nice it's a nice wrinkle to their relationship and the the character, you know, developments of it. But it's it's sort of in a, it's sort of in a vacuum. You know what I mean? It's 
It's in yeah. a vacuum that's mostly inside of Vader and Obi-Wan's heads and the viewers' heads to the point of where they're like, wow, that's it's a real it was a really interesting way to handle the whole thing, you know, the whole thing and 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 like I'm just happy that we have a lightsaber fight that's about, you know, something like it has that tied up in it, you know, instead mm-hmm. of just being a cool lightsaber fight. So that's yeah. what was turning it on. By me. But it doesn't really have like any any revelatory or huge impact on the story as it, you know, as it stands. You know, it didn't. Maybe. It didn't, Ma- maybe. Because it, it, like, it, fit in, it fit in with canon enough to make people like me happy because none of my complaints are going to be about like the fact that Obi-Wan and Vader meet in this. And they're not as. Because we There's, do know people who are just like, no, I'm officially done. <laughs> most of my complaints come from what I think was probably a troubled uh, troubled production that, that ended up being a hurried production. And there's, there's signs of it, you know? Originally, it was supposed to be a movie that got expanded yeah. into a series. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but I, I don't even know what it is, because like, may, maybe it's because all the other projects are still sort of ongoing. Because I was like, you know, Bad Batch was two years ago, but I still thought a lot about it um, last year. And like stuff like Visions has like sat with me. Even something like Book of Boba Fett, which I think is a weaker show than Kenobi. It stayed with me. And I was thinking about it. And like maybe because it's still open-ended with Mando season three. Maybe that's the reason why. And like maybe. this was... This was just like show awesome arc closed. I, I don't know, but like because this show has so many things I personally love in Star Wars. I am a prequel kid. I've already gushed about my grande boyfriend. There like, isn't a lot there isn't a lot to think on of it beyond what it presents in the show, which is which is really good in the context of the show and the story being presented, but it's not something it's, it's you know, at this point, you know, that I mean, there was stuff in the prequels and Clone Wars that made you think, like, man, what's wrong with the Jedi? Something's, re- you know, they're really, like, not very ethical and stuff that makes you think about stuff like that. But a lot of that stuff is, there's not, you, you know, there's nothing that's brought up in this that isn't, like, sort of resolved and just sort of internal in it, you know? It's very self-contained. Yeah. And it almost feels like a a celebration of those things. And like, yes. I, like while this episode is really fucking sad, um, like we have it's, moments it's throughout the show. It, it's kind of fan service, but not pandery fan service. Yeah, like I it's love like emotional how they. Pan, it's emotional pan fan service rather than like stuff fan service. It's character. Yeah, like I I love how they handle Padme in the show. Like it's it's like I, I it's love, like the what a book would do. It's like what a, a a you know tertiary you know canon novel would do. You know, fill in I mean, a little part and try to make it emotionally satisfying and resonant. Yeah. So, but not well, radically change anything. You know, not radically mess anything up. Yeah, it feels like a Star Wars novel for sure. Um. Well, are you ready to get into this? I am. Oh, yes, I am. <clears throat> because this is I mean the... like the, the next buckle down folks because the next few months are going to be cra- ha- crazy 
because we're doing Andor after this. Mm-hmm. Going from Andor to Bad Batch. Oh, it's like just it's like steak dinner after steak dinner being served up. Oh, uh, actually, last... uh, actually, like I hope it's not steak dinners all the time. I hope we round it up and have some nice, you know, some nice pasta dinners and stuff like that. But it's it's gonna be good three course meals served up here for the next few months. And at some not. at some point, Visions is dropping. Vision season two is dropping in the spring too. At some yeah. point. So, so I can't. I'm so excited for that. So we'll see. <laughs> I know. I know. You're gonna be stuck with us for a very long time, everyone. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Obi Wan Kenobi Part One aired on Disney Plus on May 26, 2022. It was written by Joby Harold, Hassan Amini, and Stuart Betty, and it was directed by Deborah Chow. Some extra information for you. Ewan McGregor reprises his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi for the show, but he's not the only one. Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones are back as Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. I know they're not in this episode, but I'm just mentioning it now with everybody else. Uh, Joel Edgerton is back as Owen Lars. Bonnie Peace is back as Beiru Lars. Jimmy Smith is back as Bell Organa. And Anthony Daniels is back as 3CPO. Time for the newcomers of the cast. Young Leia is played by Vivian Lyra Blair. Blair learned how to read with Star Wars books, and she fell in love with R2-D2 because of them, and I just thought that was a very cute tidbit about her. Reva, a.k.a. the third sister, is played by Moses Ingram. Uh, Ayami Sledge plays young Reva in all the flashbacks. The Grand Inquisitor, a.k.a. my grande boyfriend, is played by Rupert Friend, and he is my friend in this. Friend is so good. And the fifth brother is played by Sung Kang, Brea Organa is played by Simone Kessel, the Jedi on the run, uh, the Jedi who's on the run named Nari on Tatooine, is played by Benny uh, Safdie. One of Leia's kidnappers is Vec Nor- Sorry. One of Leia's kidnappers is named Vec Norcrew, and he's played by Flea, the bassist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is part of the reason why Scar Tissue is our song of the episode. <laughs> get it, and- get it, guys. Get it, get it. Get it? It's pain. Obi-Wan's work foreman, Groff Ditcher, is played by Heath McGow. The Jawa Tika is played by Lilani Ishu. Gabe for, uh, Fonseca in Robert Sparta is playing the visiting Organa cousins. And last but certainly not least, Grant Freely plays a young Luke Skywalker. The project originated as a spin-off film written by uh, Hossein Amini but was in, and was directed by Stephen uh, Dadry, but it was reworked as a limited series following the commercial failure of Solo, A Star Wars Story. McGregor was confirmed to be starring in August 2019, and Deborah Chow was hired to direct a month later. Production was scheduled again in July of 2020, but the series was put on hold in January 2020 because Lucasfilm was unsatisfied with the scripts. Joby Harold was hired to rewrite the series and served as a showrunner. In April 2020, executive producer, uh, executive producing with Chow McGregor, Kathleen Kennedy, and Michelle uh, Rijwan. An additional, additional casting took place later in March 2021. Natalie Holt composed the score, while Star Wars film composer John Williams wrote the Obi-Wan theme, which was later adapted by William Ross. This also makes Natalie Holt the first woman ever to score a Star Wars project. 
Two days prior to part one's release, there was a school shooting at the Rob Elementary uh, at Rob Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, prompting Lucasfilm to put a warning at the beginning of the episode for the scenes of the younglings being attacked. And I do believe this is the first time this has ever happened to the franchise, and it's just sad because, you know, fucking America and its gun laws. Although it's not said in the series, Obi-Wan's noble EOP state is named Akani, and finally, since they are currently part of the House Organa, you can see both C-3PO and R2-D2 in the background during the Organa party. Mm, yeah, they get paid. Were you in the episode, Yoda? Yeah. Where Just were you? Got residuals from clip from, from prequels. Hey, that's the best thing. You get money and don't work. Yes, Yoda does like that. Yeah, you get not money. Not much money, though. Not Muppet money. I mean, it's better than no money. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Don't get Obi-Wan money. Well, we'll just have to do a Yoda show. Mm, tried that. You tried it? Tried that. Pitched pitch to Disney Yoda did before they 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 made the show. And what did they say? Said, they said, no Yoda, we don't write your show. We write show. Yoda can't say his name. Hard to say with Yoda's accent. I bet I, I'm not going to Yoda had a whole other whole show better show than obi-wan oh yeah i just wanna, thought want to hear yoda's, yoda's pitch yoda's pitch for show sure though i just want to say first i just thought that instead of giving you a show they just gave one to grogu <laughs> anyway no. what's your pitch no better show show 70s throwback show Mm. Ooh! Yes, shot like. 70s show. Yes, right. Called Yoda and the Kid. Mm. Mm. Boring. Always Obi Wan show starts on tattooing. Who cares? Just we're on tattooing. Use same sets, everything. Tattooing again? No. Back to Dagobah. Never go back to Dagobah. Dagobah. Yoda on Dagobah, but. Yoda has no more job. Yoda does not have his free room and food at Jedi Council and is broke. So Yoda must take old job as space trucker. And when Yoda is space trucker, Yoda goes beep, 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 beep. Is Bail Organa. Oh, yeah. They stole this part for Obi-Wan, they did. Uh, mm. Yoda answers his stick. Hello, it's Bail Organa. Uh, they took uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers took, took my daughter. Uh, Yoda must get daughter. So Yoda gets daughter and is Yoda's sidekick, and they they space truck around the galaxy and solve crimes. Yoda's Yoda's sidekick, Young Leia, has a catchphrase too. What, want to hear? Yes, I want to hear. It's... Shut up, you dum-dum! <laughs> <laughs> Says it every episode to Yoda, yes. <laughs> Salty relationship they have. Mm. Kid is pesky, but Yoda eventually softens up and is nice sometimes. 
See? Yeah. Better show. Better show for Yoda. I mean, yeah, I'd watch that. That's Watch awesome. that show. Everybody would. Yes. I'd watch that. The hell of the, they would watch out of that show. Hell yeah. Mm. Shit, that was better than any question I made up to ask you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell keep, Disney. Keep pitching it. You know what you should do? You should pitch it to like HBO Max. I hear they're taking <laughs> trash games. <laughs> Yes, HBO Max steal Disney copyright. Yes, that will turn out okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with that, Yoda. Yeah, that was better than... Be. Yes, Yoda's lawyer says it would be fine. Do it. I'm down for it. All right, Yoda, well, I'm going to see you later, okay? Yeah, there he goes. Yeah, that was way better than Just... anything that I was going to ask him. <laughs> Thank you, Yoda. All right. I had no idea where to cut this act one, so I just did the best I can. Are you ready? I am ready. So <clears throat> ready. We act one. We open with the last time in Star Wars montage. All about Anakin and Obi-Wan's life and like Padme's there and Qui-Gon and if you've ever seen a prequel movie, you, you're good. You're good. So, we actually open <laughs> on a truly horrific scene. Um, Order 66 is going off and this like group of kids are just like, oh shit, we're gonna die. And, like, they run for their wa lives as they watch their teacher get killed. And they're like, we have to get out of this temple. And one of them, in particular, we'll find out later, is Reva. We'll come back to her. Anyway, ten years later, everyone's living on Tatooine. They're having a nice time. They're going about their day. And then they kind of stop and they're like, do you hear, do you feel that? It's like a wave of hotness is coming. And we don't mean, like, the twin sun's hotness. And they look up, and a ship lands, and they're like, ooh, who's that? And it hisses, and the door opens, and the smoke comes out. Cape billowing down the ramp go is the one and the only beautiful grande boyfriend. He comes out, and he pauses, and he's like, hello, everyone. I'm fucking back. I'm Grande Boyfriend, and I'm here to camp things up and chew the fuck out of every scene. Come along, third sister and fifth brother. And they both trot out behind him, and Reva's like, is he serious? And fifth brother's like, dude, we were so happy when he died in Rebels. Like, me and seventh sister, like, ran around season two, just like, thank God. So yeah, you're in for a treat. And she's like, great, I'm glad I stab him next episode. Let's go. And so they follow him out, and Grande's just, like, prancing through, and he's just like, hello, everyone. Yeah, I know I'm hot. Oh, it's good to see you, Tim. Hey there, what's up? And they walk into the saloon, and the bar owner's like, oh, how can I help you, beautiful stranger? And he's like, I'm here looking for a Jedi, and I'm about to have this really cool monologue about how they're all horrible plagues on our system, and they just have this... It's an itch for them to be good, and you're such a good little man, aren't you? You're not hiding any Jedi. 
are you little man? And he's like, no, step on me, daddy. No, I am not, but you can still step on me, daddy. And he's like, that's what I like to hear. And Reva's like, oh my god! She takes a knife and she throws it at a person and the Jedi Nari is just like, oh no! And he throws out his hand and he's just like, oh shit! And they kind of run around the bar a little bit and Nari ends up like getting away and Grande is like, Reva, you ruined my monologue. Never do that again. Don't you know that I am the one with two Star Wars property now? Two and a half, if you count the comics. Until you're in two and a half Star Wars properties, don't interrupt my monologue. And he flings his cape in her face and he walks out. She's just like, I just want to find Obi-Wan Kenobi. Everyone shut the fuck up. Anyway. Meanwhile, we go on to the desert, where Obi-Wan Kenobi is a very sad man. And he has this day job, and he's not trying to help people like Nari is. And he is just, like, lumping around. He's like, I'm sad. And he sees one of his, like, co-workers get bullied, and he's like, Welp, can't do anything about it. And he rides back into town, he gets on his horse, and he rides back more, and he gets home to his cave, and it's a little sad cave, and he eats a sad food, and then he puts on Hello Darkness, my old friend, and he's just Saddy Wan Kenobi. Obi Sad Kenobi. Obi Wan Sad Sad Obi. I have one of them work. Morosi. <laughs> anyway. He's followed, visited by his Jabba friend Tika. And everybody, Tika's amazing. She is sassy. She steals from him. She's great. And she's just like, if you're, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna charge you for making me work for stealing your parts. And he's like, come on, man. And she's like, here's your toy. And also, I heard that there are some like Jedi Inquisitors and stuff in town. Look out for them. He's just like, Tika, you're so great. Here's some extra money for being great. And she's like, thanks. Anyway, that night, he has another sad dream about Anakin and Padme. And I like to imagine Ahsoka, too. That's just what I had canon. She's there, too. And he wakes up. He's like, oh, Qui-Gon, help me. I don't know what to do. I'm calling out on the Force, but I'm also cut off from the Force. So this is very confusing because now I'm just talking to myself in the dark. And my God, I need to get out of this cave. Anyway... He decides that it's a good time to go be a creeper creep. And he travels across the desert to watch a child and stare at him through his little tiny binoculars because he's a creep. He's not a creep. It's Luke Skywalker. And Luke is playing and while Owen is like, Luke, dude, get back to work. And Obi-Wan waits until nightfall and he leaves the toy for Luke like a life day space Jesus Santa. And on his way back home, He's like, I did a good deed. I'm going to make a tiny boy happy. And then his good deed gets ruined because Nari runs out. He's just like, oh my god, another Jedi. Please help me. They're going to capture me. I'm going to be dead. You're Obi-Wan Kenobi, aren't you? Oh my god, I read all about you. You're amazing. I look up to you so much. We're going to be great together. And Obi's like, no, fuck you, bye. He's like, what? What do you mean? You're Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's like... If you really want to do something good, bury your lightsaber in the sand, go back to town, and leave me the fuck alone, child. I'm sad, and I have trauma. 
Have a good night. And he gets on his little EOP or horse thing, and he rides off to the night, and Narya's just like, I'm gonna be dead, aren't I? Fuck. What'd you think of Act 1? I like it. I like it too. I, you know what I really love? The montage at the beginning. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Um, like, what I were your thoughts it. about that? But it, it, at first blush, it seems very generic and cheesy, but it's very much like a last time on a TV show. But they, they've gotten very good in like with with TV shows in the last decade. Where they do a recap, where they like, you know, pull like they set an emotional tone, and this one, you know, it 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 gave unnecessary backstory because nobody's watching this. Maybe some people need little reminders and stuff, and it gives you just enough of the the prequels. But it sets a vibe. It's got like television music to it. It doesn't have the original like John Williams score to it, so it has a has you know. So it's scored to the 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 editing of the it's it's a very it's way more complicated and nice than than you somebody spent some time and thought on it because it really drives home everybody's trauma. It, mm-hmm. It's it's setting it's setting up like. Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are traumatized and it sets up it sets up Riva too in the the scene at, which is a great the the first time I saw the order 66 scene I was like eh but now the second time I was watching it I'm like this is great um, You're in both of my first two notes so I I just want to slide in when right fast um I wish they did more last times on Star Wars things because probably the number one question I get from casual fans are, where is this in the timeline? And I think if they, even if they mixed, like, if they did both, like, live action and the animation and stuff like that, like, together, being like, hey, sure. like, if it was the Ahsoka show, like, showing, like, the animation and stuff like that before it, I think that'd be such a helpful thing to casual fans. Um, because so often they're like, I don't know what's important for this show. I don't know where it is in the timeline. Where are we? (laughs) Like, I, I would love if they did this more because it's such a good, good idea. Um, and then like, if, you know, if this had like shots of like Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka mixed into it, cause then people can be like, oh, maybe I should check out Clone Wars cause that's important and blah, blah, blah. Um, though I really doubt that they would mix the two mediums because people, um, and then, yeah, this this might be one of my favorite takes on Order 66. Like, it's up there with Clone Wars and Ahsoka. Because we've seen so many Order 66 scenes everywhere. But what I liked about this one is it captures how truly chaotic and downright terrifying it is. Well, we're usually seeing it, we're usually seeing it from either, like you know, the, the God's eye point of view, or we're seeing it from behind the backs of the, the clones, you know, and this one, we're seeing it. Boom. We're right in the point of eye point of view of a bunch of kids who are just practicing. And now all of a sudden are running for their lives. And Mm -hmm. even when it goes up and just sort of has that, like that up in the air point of view, where you start hearing, you know, 
um, Palpatine's voice and stuff. It's still focused on on the kids because, and this is this is going to be one of my running themes on it. I, um, well, I'll 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 get back to that after the the montage. The the the, the montage. They know that everybody knows who Darth Vader is and what happened and stuff. They show the scenes to just so, show the story in order, but hit the all the emotional points to to culminate in episode three, you know, in you know a three minute montage, and it gets you right in that frame of mind, and it also sets a sort of um, prequels vibe, which it seems like ever since we've hit Disney, they've sort of been running away from the prequels vibe, any kind of, you know, they'll reference it. And this it savors and the prequels vibe. Yes. This is, this is, like, this like this is soaking Fett it. Got there, got, you're soaking in it. Like Book of Boba Fett got there a little bit, but this is just like, you know, see this big pot of like prequels tea. We're going to dip you in it like a tea yep. pack. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, they, they, they did the, 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 with the younglings, cause they were setting up, Reva's trauma also but here's what I think is one of the big problems and why I I think people had a big problem with Reva because I don't have a big problem with Reva but I think I don't think they should have tied I don't think I don't think they had the time in six episodes to develop her character enough to be part of a sort of emotional triad with Anakin and Obi-Wan, <laughs> you know, of, of people, people, you know, a triad that, that through what happens in the course of all this, all the people get a, a, a enough healing to go forward, you know, to go forward with their lives as, as, you know, as they were, you know, with, with, you know, Anakin, Anakin and Obi-Wan's courses we know and Reba's uncertain. And, and, and I think they, they have, you know, they have ideas of, you know, carrying on her character further. And so you're sort of set, you're sort of set setting her. It's more of a setup for her. And I think, I think they could have made this a lot more lean and mean and just made her the, the, the most interesting in- inquisitor and kept the the main emotional shakespearean uh, you know emotional clash between obi-wan and cuz there's just not room enough to make hers they 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 write it in there and and she's a good actress so she you know she she hits the the right beats to to get to show, you know, this is what happened with her emotionally, but we don't just we just don't have enough time and story to to know her enough to get invested in her when we're all when you've got Vader and Obi Wan there sucking up all the air, and I, I think that could and I also think that I want to slide uh, in here for when you're when you're done with this point. I because I want to I want to counter this. I'm mashing like three of my notes together. But That's <laughs> fine. Um, um, but I- like after after the, the the scene of Luke where he sees him from a distance. Wait 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 wait, the- wait wait. Are you done with Are you, are you done with Reva? Because I want to talk about that. Oh, 
Well, I was I I'm tying them together because okay because Riva Riva Riva's culmination of her emotional arc is tied in with Luke. Okay, someone go ahead. someone else we know, but we don't know we don't know him, you know, as little kid Luke. So we don't know Luke at this point. We know who he's going to become, but we don't know him. We get to know Leia in this one. Which is sort of a, a reversal of what you would expect, and turns out great, and would have been enough for me. I think, I think like they they, it, I I think it would have benefited greatly just not to have the subplot of Riva hunting down Luke, figure out another way to have them, have them, you know, play it out at the end, you know. And, and, you know, we wouldn't have to go through a redemption, but we could set her up for one for using her down the line if they wanted to introduce her character or or if not, they could have had her had her get killed or something. But, yeah, I, I just I, I think like it, I, I think Reba being part of a triad and all this all the stuff with Luke except for seeing him through the binoculars could be all like excised from this. And it would make this a, a it would have made this a lot more coherent, not coherent because it's not incoherent, but it would have made it a lot more smooth and direct. That's I, it. Ha- I half disagree with you. Half. And the, the only okay. reason that I half disagree with you is because this is my second viewing, so I, I don't remember a lot of the middle stuff. I strongly remember the beginning and the end. It's the middle stuff I'm a little fuzzy on. So I can't fully subscribe to this only just because I'm rewatching it for the for the second time. So I, um, I wouldn't say I w- I'm not going to make but, a final decision on it till it's all over anyway, but that's my but, working after the first episode. But the thing I disagree with you is the fact of why her redemption is so important, which is she is thematically tied to Vader and Obi-Wan in their story. Very much so because Obi-Wan couldn't save Anakin, but he's able to save Reva. And he gave up Anakin. Like, he didn't try to help him. He gave up and he walked away. And his closure is he doesn't walk away from Reva and he helps her find the beginning steps of redemption. We don't know where she's going to go, but it's, yeah. he does for her what he couldn't do, what he didn't do for Anakin. Oh, and yeah, that's no, that... why it's thematically important. Now, I do agree that it's not, I do remember this, it's not the best, best executed. I think if maybe if this was like seven or eight episodes to have like one more episode to like really click Reva in there, I think it would have really sunk. But thematically... I think she's very important and she works really well because she provides the closure for Obi-Wan that he well, essentially Anakin died when he fights Vader right, right. Um, in his mind, but he's right. able to do for her what he couldn't do for him. And right. so that's why it works for me. And that that's where I disagree with you. Right. But I, uh, I don't but disagree on the execution. I, 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 I agree with that's why, why it happened and how it was written and, and it, it, it it works it, it, story wise, but it do, it 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 can't work. Like say that it's just yeah hard to execute. And you're saying add extra episodes. Hell, I would have like 
like to really do it to to really get you invested enough in Reva, I would say end of season two, you know, have have that stuff happen because we just can't a lot. There's people with like, you know, four decades of history, you know, history of of following Anakin and Luke and Obi-Wan and, you know, and all that. And so there's so much tied into it that you just, it, you, you, you know, you could either awkwardly try to cram it in with, with Riva or you, you would have to take more time, you know, cause, and they didn't try to cram it in, but they got just enough. They, they were able to get just enough in, you know what I mean? To, yeah, to make it, it to make it work, but it, you, you're still just never going to be able to connect to Riva like you're going to connect to Obi-Wan. I I disagree with that. I actually like her a lot and connect to her more than a lot of other characters. I think I I think she that that might that might be a personal preference thing though. Like um because actually like I never connected with like Hayden as Vader or Anakin until this this show. You know, like it was just one of those and it was like yeah, they're fine. Like but like I my personal well, preference, but you and, and I, I also think, have the the Anakin and Obi Wan of Clone Wars, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like I never, I never connected with Hayden or Ewan. I connected with Matt and Ashley right, and right. Um, whoever voiced uh, Obi Wan. Right, and that's Anakin is, as a character wouldn't be half what in our minds what he is if it wasn't for Clone Wars. You know, actually, Clone Wars is what actually was the thing that was able to cement Anakin as a character I like really cared about, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. after, after the prequels. Yeah. So, but, but that's all in there now. Like, like when I see, you know, when I see Darth Vader walking onto screen in this, I'm seeing everything backwards till when he was a little kid, you know, right up to that, that moment when, when I see it and, and it's not only have I seen it all, but I've read essays on it and watched four hour videos of people talking about it and done innumerable podcasts between you and other people about it, you know, and, and related stuff. And so, yeah, it's just so that, I mean, they're two of the largest characters in the, you know, uh, you, you have all, all the largest of the Star Wars characters in here, arguably, except for Han Solo, you know? Mm-hmm. So you got Luke and Leia. And Chewbacca. And, and Chewbacca, yes. But you got the two droids, you got you got Luke and, and Leia. You got the you got the, the sort of family dynamic work in here. You got Luke and Leia and 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 uh Vader and Obi Wan. I very suddenly just like I was because I was thinking about Lando too, and I was like, man, I wish we would hurry up and get that Lando show with Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, I guess I a that. lot of it has to do with scheduling. Okay, so let me let me get through all the rest of my notes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so okay, blah 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 blah. Okay, um, um, uh, I have a question for you. If we didn't know, if they didn't tell us about, and we didn't know about the volume, would we even see it? Because now I see the volume when I watch something and go, oh, they're using the volume here. 
but I don't think I'd notice it. I'd be just like, this is some really nice compositing, whatever they're, you know, they did with some computer animation or, you know, they found a really nice set here. You know, I think that's a very valid question because um, I, I'm not a production movie person like you are. Like, I'm not a visuals person. Um, but, like, so a lot of times I don't think about it. But if I look for the volume, I notice it. Yeah. Um, but I have to be looking for it. And so, like, if I was just a casual fan, if I didn't know that they were using the volume, I'd just be like, yeah, oh, this slide looks right good. by. Yeah. yeah like, like, the one time that... Yeah, like you, I would just be like, "Oh, what a nice set!" And of course, like, there's a very clear thing between like these sets and say like the Andor sets where they actually built a city. Um, but it's it doesn't look different unless I'm looking for it. But if I if I'm like, "Oh, are they using the volume?" I'm just like, "Yes, they are. I can see it clearly." So I think it's a valid question. I think it's a super valid question. Yeah. Um. My my other small note is uh, two small notes is uh, I lo- like the Jawa toy collectible dealer. I love her. Very, very I need rare. more. I need more sassy female Jawas. In How my do life. we know if a Jawa? I did. I did, I I assess no gender on that Jawa. I was just I, like, well, I was looking. I was looking her up, and it was like Tika oh, is okay. a female okay. Jawa. And I was like, I thought I, maybe. She, I thought maybe she had boobs or something, and you saw the boobs, and I totally miss. And I'm like, how did I miss boobs on a Jawa or something like that? No, no, because I. But there was something in my brain that was like, even as I was going into this, I was like, Tika's girl, and I was like, is she? And I like looked it up, and I was like, oh, she is a girl. I'm like, how did I know that? <laughs> like, oh, you might have like, read it wh- before, and just like it just went into the back of your head or something, or you just might have picked up the vibes on the. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Uh, my other short note is I love the scene where the, the Jedi shows up and I noticed visually he sort of mirrors a guy that's going to show up later. That's the fake Jedi. They, they sort of have a very similar like look vibe to him. To him. Yep. Yeah. They have a very similar like young guy with like bushy hair, which is pretty much star Wars, but they, 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 they have that sort of like, Little little green green around the edges thing, and I wonder if that was purposely to have those, you know, have that the the fake Jedi remind Obi Wan of the the Jedi that got killed on tattooing. That's so uh, interesting because one of my like ongoing sort of notes that I I was thinking about going into the show, but I forgot to write it down, is every character that Obi Wan runs into on his journey is him reclaiming a part of himself or a piece of his past and that includes nari nari very much represents like the young padawan he was with like uh like with qui-gon like looking up he's just like master you're here i'm so happy to see you in 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 general in the whole jedi order yeah yeah and but same thing with like the fake jedi same thing with talia when we get to talia same thing with the guy who leads the path, whose name's slipping my brain at the moment. Like, every single one of these characters, even Leia, like, every single one of these characters represents a piece of Obi-Wan he is going to be getting back over the course of this show, Reva included. Like, all of them represent a piece of him. And either his past or him as a person. And Nari is very much that. Like, he, that is the part of him that was, like, Phantom Menace Obi-Wan that was looking up to his master, looking for like help, like and stuff like that. And the difference is, is he denied him. We, we he's not so- ready for that yet. Yeah, 
We did some double double mirror rhyming in this one with Obi-Wan sort of um, it, the scenes with Obi-Wan schlumping around his place reminded me of Ray schlumping around her place, mixing up their, you know, instant Only food. Only she's happy and, and hopeful, and he's not. She's happy and hopeful, but she's still not. She's sort of happy and hopeful, but, like, remember, she's still having scenes of, like, you know, the old lady there that's reminding her of her and, you know. Trying to find her parents. Yeah, she's hopeful. She might not be happy. I don't know. But my only other note is... Uh, this is this in 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 this show and especially in this first part since whenever Obi since John Williams wrote the Obi Wan theme and we're focusing on Obi Wan on tattooing, man it it's the first it's the most John Williamsy sounding Star Wars on any of the TV shows ever so far. It was it's the most cinematically sounding musically Star Wars until it's not. Until it sounds totally different, but that's not until Act Two. But yeah, that that uh, like I mean, yeah, it's it's gorgeous, Star Warsy. This act and it has and just the prequel vibe through it is just like oh, finally, finally, I want it. That's all I got. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about my grande boyfriend. It's like the most notes I've done in like three years. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It's been a hot minute since you've had that many notes. Um, my grande boyfriend, Rupert Friend, please play grande again. Find a place for him to play grande. He's so perfect. And, like, I know, like, when they first dropped the pictures of him, everyone was just like, why does he look like that? I've never have had an issue with how he looks. I think he's great. He is wonderful. He eats up, like, the camp and sass of Grande. He chews every... That opening monologue. All of them, all three of the the Inquisitor actors, you can tell they love their uniforms. They're, 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 like... They are... They are chewing up the scenery with just their their outfits they're they're ready to go but like in, in like Rupert Friend in particular like how he delivers lines like there's a part where he's like walking around the scene and he's like and then a jedi comes to your lovely establishment and he looks over and goes that's nice <laughs> i was like yes yes this because this is grande like at his height because yeah. by the time we get to rebels and like nine-ish no, actually it's like five years like, by that time, they've taken out the majority of the Jedi. Even now, like, they're, Reva even says, like, we're getting scraps. Like, this is the Inquisitors at his height. So this is when Grande's had his most terrifying. Because, like, he has all this power. He owns everything. He loves it. And, like, the very first words when he gets off that ship and sees Tatooine, he growls. And, I'm, and like, even the subtitles is, like, growls. And I was like, of course you do. Of course you do. I, how can I not love you? Um, and I just, I love his opening monologue. It has just so much gravitas and it's like, it's so over the top because these people are clearly scared of him. They clearly know who they are. And he's just like, I'm going to walk around and pet all your little heads and make sure that you all know that I'm here to murder all of you if I have to. I love that all the rebels watchers also know though, that like an inquisitor is kind of kind of a chump (laughs) so they're like they're like also like real tough guys when they're around you know normal people normal people 
But like as Ahsoka showed just in Tales of the Jedi, they're like, oh, zip, zop, zoop. <laughs> you know, especially like someone like Obi Wan or Ahsoka, you know, some someone of that skill level. They're 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 still, you know, they're just they're they're the bully on the school bus right now. Mm-hmm. And Which makes it even more fun, you know, because it really does. And I, I love how it carries over the amino- the animosity the animosity bleh, between the Inquisitors from Rebels. Because like we see in Rebels, like the fifth brother and the seventh sister are like super competitive and they don't want to help each other and they like are trying to one up each other and that is why they fall. They can't and, well they can't work as a team. They're Sith, you know. Well, that's that's what Jedi that, do. <laughs> that, that's exactly the point I'm making. Because one of the themes of Star Wars that we actually have also seen in Andor is the individuals who step on other people will eventually fall alone. But it's the people who find communities and people who stick together like the Rebellion and the Jedi. They're the ones that make it out in the end. And because like they they are more sh- powerful together than they are separately and like so that that is still very much a theme of star wars and i love that we're still seeing like the inquisitors just being like fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck all of us <laughs> like fuck but fuck you in particular <laughs> like that is that is who they are um and i also love the opening scene with the inquisitors versus the very first scene with obi-wan it's it's such a great dichotomy to show Obi-Wan's depression and, like, where he is. Because in this opening scene uh, with the Inquisitors, Nari outs himself and chances his own life to save the life of another. And that's what ends up getting him killed. And Obi-Wan, though, watches his co-worker get bullied and punched, and he does nothing about it. Because he is still in the darkness, while Nari still very much represents hope and light. And it's it's such a good dichotomy of like where to to really showcase where Obi-Wan is because Nari gives his life to save another and Obi-Wan watches someone else get beat up and does nothing. Well, he's also he's just at a point where it's like if Obi-Wan beats up anybody, he's risk if he outs himself as he. Like he could, he could have just w- wiped out those three inquisitors if he wanted to, even though he's, he's out of practice. But the, you know, the real, real thing is, is he shouldn't be out of practice because he's there to defend Luke. And so, here's the thing, he's and so he's depressed. He's just feeling sorry for himself. Yeah, he's well, depressed. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Himself. That's the thing, and that's why the third act is so important. He's yeah. so depressed and mourning Anakin and feeling sorry for himself that he's Luke useless. is. A- no, Luke is an excuse. And Bell even yeah. says that. You yeah. are using the boys as an excuse. Because it's easier to be like, I can't get involved. I have Luke. When really he could be getting involved. He could be doing more. He could be doing he could be doing both. But he chooses not to because he's so deeply steeped in his depression and mourning Anakin and his failures. Luke is an excuse. Yeah. And that's why. And I and I love that moment in Act Three, and I, that might be one of my Act Three notes I just had. But like Luke is the excuse, so. But I, I love those two scenes together. Um, I also just like the setting of like where he lives because in A New Hope, Ben has a house. He has like a nice little house, and he's fine and stuff like that. Here he's living out of a fucking cave. Yeah, he's 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 living his like her, like her. He's he's living his 
he's he's it's funny because he's living more like the crazy old man that Owen Lars like describes him at, as in Star Wars you know then he you know then he is in that actual time when he is an old man when he's an old man he's got his shit together at the <laughs> as a young as a mid, midland young young guy he he is a crazy old guy living in the jungle wastes you know yeah i'm trying to figure out why i wrote this note this might actually this might be one of my act two notes that are in the I think this is one of my act two notes that I somehow snuck its oh. way into act one. Because um, I, I had a moment trying to figure out where to break this that I wasn't sure where to... <laughs> I had to move my notes around a few times because I wasn't sure where to put stuff. Um, And last but not least, you've already said it. I'm not going to say it again, but I am. My God, the scene between Obi-Wan and Nari is so dark and I can't see their facial expressions and I wish I could. The thing I liked about that scene is it mirrored Star Wars with... R2 and the Jawas with like a point of view shot of someone looking at Obi-Wan from the rocks as he's walking along like the Jawas were looking at R2. I thought that, that would have been great if I could have seen it. If, if it, it was if so it, yeah. goddamn dark. Yeah. I can't fucking see it. Well, it didn't look quite right in the composite for that, so they darkened it down a little bit. I would have loved to have been able to see their facial expressions, Chris. Sure. So... Um, anyway, that's all I have for Act 1. Did you have anything else? No, but I got a lot for Act 2. Actually, I do. I I had one tiny little note that says Ewan McGregor is always great in this role. Oh, yeah. That's not... He just lives Obi-Wan. There's there's no point where... (laughs) There's no point where he's not completely in character and, you know, giving 110% in this. There's one line to Tika and when he's just like, my vaporizer's broken again. And she's like, here, I have a part. And he has this like perfect Obi-Wan sass of just like, Tika, if you're going to rob me, can you at least clean the parts? <laughs> like, it's it's that, that, a- that, that mom tone of voice that he ha- would take with Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's just such a perfect like Tika. little Tika. Yeah. <laughs> Anakin. <laughs> yep. Yep. Same so. thing. Yeah. All right. Act two. Act two. Act two. So nobody gives a shit about Tatooine anymore because we have to go meet the other best character of the show. I just inhaled too much air and now my throat is dry. Hold on. Mm. <sighs> Sorry. I had to get water. The best character outside the show other than Grande, which is freaking little child Leia who is fucking adorable and she's so cute and she's great. And she's also currently shirking her duties because she got another girl to get dressed up as her. And when Brea shows up, Brea's like, come on, dear, let's go. And then she realizes it's not her daughter. And Brea's like, oh, my God, don't lose my patience. Remember all the lessons I've learned from Bluey. I have to be a good mom like Chili. Let's go. Yes, don't make fun of me. Hope has been watching Bluey. Fuck all y'all. It's very good. You should watch it. It's wholesome and wonderful. Go watch Bluey. It's wonderful. You'll you'll smile and laugh and cry a lot. Anyway, <laughs> Leia is running off in the woods behind her house with her little droid Lola. And she climbs up a big tree and she's looking at ships. And she's kind of doing the Luke Skywalker thing of like wanting to like be other places and not here because she's always here. And Brad's like comes out and she's like, honey get down. I really need you to get down. And Leia's like, okay. 
and they climb back down, and Brea's like, give me Lola, no more Lola, and she's like, but, but she didn't do anything wrong, and Brea's like, I don't care, we had a promise, you are grounded from Lola from a week, and she's like, I'm sorry, and then she pickpockets her mom, because of course she does, <laughs> so Brea and Leia are going back in, and oh no, there are some chill beats nearby, and you can hear just some, like, music and stuff about about like other side and we you know how long how long will i fly and not fall to the other side because someone is watching them anyway we gotta go back to sadie one oh yeah i forgot i did it sadie one <laughs> so they go get ready for a party back on tatooine with sadie one uh he is getting back from work and owen the best uncle slash father figure ever for for you know Luke comes up and he's just like take your toy and stop showing up at my house and and Obi-Wan's like but I, I got this for Luke I, I thought he would like it and stuff like that and Owen's like don't don't you understand I'm trying to like raise him safely and every time you come by my goddamn house you're like a creeper and people's like who's that stalker on the rocks and I'm just like it's just crazy Ben He's a pedophile. Do you want people to keep thinking that you're a pedophile? And oh, and Obi-Wan's like, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I, I'm forgiving you the wrong impression. I just want to know if his powers are, are you know, growing. And, you know, Owen, you should really take him to see other places. And so his, you know, because he, he needs to get out in the stars and see the galaxy. And Owen's just like, I'm sorry, what? You want me to take my child? we're supposed to be hiding to see the other stars where he could run into the Empire because they're fucking everywhere instead of keeping him here. Please, Obi-Wan, tell me how that makes sense. But oh no, we don't have time for any about this because the Inquisitors have arrived and like Obi-Wan like hides in the back of the stable and Owen's just like, oh fuck my life. And so Reva and the fifth brother show up and Reva's just like, hello everyone! Grande's not here anymore. It's time for me. And we just want to find a Jedi. We heard there's a Jedi here. I think we can all be very reasonable about this. And one lady is like, I'll be reasonable when you get off my fucking planet. And Reva's like, okay. And she cuts off the woman's hand. And she's like, anyway, back to being reasonable. You! And she points at Owen. And Owen's just like, what's up? And she's like, do you know anything about Jedi? And Owen's like, Jedi are fucking scum and they sit there on the rocks and they watch your child like fucking pedophiles and I think they're vermin and do you know what I do to vermin? I kill them. I fucking kill all the vermin. They're scum on this earth and I really hate Jedi a lot. They're nothing but trouble and all they do is get your family members killed and they're the worst person in the world and I just want I don't want anything to do with Jedi because they are the worst. And Reva's like, uh, I think you have baggage. <laughs> are you okay? And Owen's like, I just really fucking hate the Jedi yay propaganda. They are the worst and all they do is get your like your like adopted mother killed. They're the worst. She's like, "Ah. Uh, uh I guess you're fine, but I I need to be threatening so I will stab you." And so <laughs> she takes out her lightsaber and she puts it to its throat and she's like, "Haha, Owen." Do you think you can protect your family from me? And he dead-ass looks her in the eyes and goes, I guess we'll find out in the finale, won't we, bitch? And she's like, ah! 
she goes to kill her, but the fifth brother stops her from, you know, killing Owen. And she looks at the fifth brother and she's like, why are you stopping me from killing this man? And he's like, because that man's in a new hope. We cannot kill him now, you know, plot reasons. Let's walk away. And she's like, see you in the finale, Owen. And he's like, bye. That sucked. Anyway, I'm gonna go back on my day. And Owen just walks away and Reva walks away. And the fifth brother pulls Reva to the side and he's like, you need to stop thinking about Kenobi. People's gonna think that you're the kind of person who stands, sits on rocks and looks at people. And she's like, I want what I'm earned, you know, because I want to get my revenge and shit. And he's like, I don't care. I'm better than you because I'm in two properties. When you get in two properties, Reva, like an animated show like I was, I was in the animated show, Reva. Then you'll be important. And she's like, I could be in two properties. And he's like, well, you're not. And they stick out their tongues and they both just kind of wander off in the distance for reasons. And Ben comes out and he goes over to Owen. He's just like, Owen, thank you. And Ben reaches down and he grasps Obi-Wan's shoulder and he gives him a very very knowing look and he goes fuck off he walks away what'd you think of act two <laughs> i liked it um the uh, there, i think I, it's I, the weakest of the weakest of the three acts um y- yeah it's it's i i have but two for two what little, it's worth yeah but even then it's not bad i like it um my my biggest the, my my the, this is and now this is going to be one of my running themes is this all the scenes on Alderaan indoors or that are composites of of you know looking out over the mountains of Alderaan feel like Star Wars when Leia's outside everything with Leia outside in the woods of Alderaan feel like right down to the music the music feels like an episode like more like soundtrack music to star trek the next generation and or or something like that or maybe even andor at some points um but like the 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 way they shoot it it feels like outdoor scenes in Star Trek The Next Generation, where they're out in the California backlots, you know, running along trails, and you have this sort of, like, TV... The way way everything's shot and set up is very TV... economical, you know, it was... It's the the lower-budget part of the show. There's there's parts mostly featuring executive producer Ewan McGregor that are... that, that just have money pouring on them they have soundtrack like the the soundtrack music on tattooing with ewan mcgregor obi-wan music is symphonic you know a lot of musicians and stuff whereas the stuff is a smaller orchestra and like synthy stuff in there too you know more of a tv budget and and like um like book of boba fett we're seeing like I'm, an I'm uneven throw, I'm dis- gonna... distribution of budget of budget and or, and or time 
in certain certain elements of of the show. Some some elements so, of the show are really like strongly worked on. Other parts look like they they didn't have as much time and money to put into it, you know, and did 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 a more a more TV approach. There's that that's basically what you end up with is you end up sometimes with a, this sort of clash of cinematic filmmaking and TV filmmaking in the same I, show. I, um, it's a little weird. So Natalie Holt, the composer was also the composer for Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and this is not, which like also a, has a great soundtrack, which also has a great soundtrack. And this is not me like bashing her, uh, or Loki. Cause I really like the Loki soundtrack. Sometimes I, I would agree this sounds more like like it's composing for Loki than Star Wars. Yes, yeah, actually. But, but, I, you're, but, I, you're but right. I don't I don't consider that a horrible thing because I always like when we no. have different music styles. No, but it's strange because sometimes sometimes it clashes with the big it, John the Williams full, the, moments. The big the big cinematic moments that are like tie like like the the cinematic stuff is scored where they they take the picture and you know they they have the swells and the the music reacts to the picture whereas when you get to Leia running through the forest it's more of like a just sort of general atmospheric score of one of like playful and later she's getting chased and it's chased but it's not timed up to anything you could compose that score and just lay it over it and it'll work but it won't have, it won't like, you know, since they're not cutting to stuff like that too. They're not, you know, they're doing a lot less cuts. They're setting it up like a TV show. So there's a lot less to put music to actions, you know, it, 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 and, you know, consciously or not, you feel it, you know, it's, there's a little jarringness to it. And that goes into the hot mess fever, my hot mess fever dream pot where, as time goes on, I'm going to like that aspect of it more and more because I'll just be used to it, you know, and I'll take it as part of the the just entire flavor of the show. What but um yeah, the 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 music is really interesting. Like Lay in the Woods, it reminds me also like the way it's filmed a little bit of uh, the Ewok Adventures, how they films, you know, people running around in the Ewok Adventures. Um Okay, so I'll do all my negative stuff first, and then I'll do the positive stuff. Or, oh, you know, my negative I, I, stuff isn't really, really negative. To yeah, tell I have two. I have two little negative notes, and I, I'll, I'll. How about I'll join you when you're done with the negative, so we'll get all the negative stuff out of the way. Okay. The only thing is, I don't like Lola. I don't like Lola. I think Lola is. Lola reminds me of like Disney has had not had much luck with marketing their Disney. The, the the original Disney stuff as like kids stuff except for Grogu and Lola Lola like I was I couldn't put my finger on it till like and I was just this like duh moment when Lola puts up her ears I'm like oh she looks like Mickey Mouse okay. she reminds she reminds me of the robot in Flubber the movie Flubber I've never seen I've never seen either version of the Fred McMurray or the the Eddie Murphy it was Eddie Merton? No, it was Robin Williams. It's Robin the, Williams. Okay. Like it's um, but mostly the one that we get um at the end. But she's she's kind of like a reminds me a little bit of the robot from Flubber, just a little bit. Yeah, it it it's too it's too much of like 
look, this would be a there's there's many things you could make Lola you could make just a Lola you know toy, but you could also make Lola into a MP3 player or something or a little you know the ears come up and there's speakers on them and it's a little Bluetooth speaker and stuff like that. It's very and somehow it's, she has like a little be, saw blade inside of her. A saw blade inside of her, and also I just like. Leia's a girl, and her dot and her toy looks like a little like makeup compact, you know, the the like a girl toy, which like doesn't really fit in with Leia either. Leia, Le- Leia would like you would think like little Leia would want something a little more like aggressive, <laughs> you know, but like. But I just I don't I I'm not a big fan of Lola. I noticed Lola did there there weren't any Lola toys going around or anything. My okay, that Lola, my thing with Lola is I I think she's cute, but I don't think she's memorable. Like, and I think so much of it is that she doesn't really have much of a personality because of her design. Like, the, like BD one, like the one like the little droid from the video game that shows up in Pelly's shop. That little thing has personality because it's like a little tiny dog and it like bounces and it's just like running around and it's jumping on things. And like R2 has like a personality. See, like, like the like I'm and I'm talking like non speaking droids because of course C3PO has a personality. He's like that. But like the little droids, like, like something like a gonk droid, um, like in, um, in like Bad Batch, Bad like Batch. their their gong droid is partially broken, and you know they, but like that's that works in the theme of their show. They, they play uh, all those things are worth all their they're worth all the value you can get out of them is gonk, and they get the maximum gonk mileage from it. I, I every totally time you that. see him, he's great. You know, we we have a gong droid in for Light and Dice, and Chris acts the fuck out of that little gonk droid by like just doing just the difference between chris going gonk and gonk <laughs> like just the, well and just there's the, also the time the timing of the gonks and yeah there's there's right. there's but it's like, it's Lola yeah has a cute design but she's not memorable because she really doesn't have a design she doesn't really have a character trait yeah. outside of being it's cute she just seems like a, a a potential marketing thing and it also seemed like and i was also like it's kind of a toy that's easier to make than like BB-8 toys that where you had to figure out how you're going to get the head to free float on the ball and stuff like that. This one can just sort of can mock this one up pretty easily, you know, and it looks like Mickey Mouse and it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it cements the Disney branding and the Star Wars branding together. And I'm just like, yeah, no, not, not into it. But those are the only two negatives I have. My two negatives, one's just more of like, this is funny, and the other one's a clunky. Um, and the opening scene with Leia, like, it's a cute bit that she has, like, a little handmaiden that's taken her place. But, like, why did none of the servants, the adult, adult servants go, uh, no, princess, <laughs> you you don't need to leave because, you right. know, that's dangerous. The like, kids, you could totally see her, like... You know, either duping them or just intimidating them. But the adults, it would be a lot yeah, harder. They would it, be, it, and they it, would also be, know her be beyond to her bullshit by now too. Yeah, like it'd be one thing if it was if it showed like a little girl just getting dressed by herself and doing it, but like having three fucking adults in there, like not a single one of them was just like no. <laughs> 
Um, and my other negative note is I, uh, the reason is plot, but like Reva not killing Owen because the fifth brother stops her. It's it, that that's just some clunky execution because the reason is plot. You can't kill Owen here. He's in fucking a new yeah. And but like, like, it's just not well executed because there's yeah. other ways of just being like, it's got this. Even other... if he had a, even if he had a line of like something just like the Great Inquisitor wants few casualties, something like that, like just to like kind of smooth that over because essentially it's the fifth brother just going, sister, stop, and she stops, and then they just awkwardly walk away. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that I mean, they're inqu- they're inquisitors. They really, they really should. They 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 like really would be more likely to yell after yell at him after she chopped him in half and been like you know just like he she yelled at he got yelled at after chopping the guy's head, head off yeah, it, and because it, the rest of that scene is terrifying because yeah. it is it is very tense like she she establishes how scary they are to normal people because the first thing she does is cut off a woman's hand like so they establish how really an old scary lady's they, hand too <laughs> yeah and so they establish how scary they are and that scene is tense like we as the audience knows that owen's not going to get killed but there still feels like there's a danger there up yeah. until that moment where he's just like stop Let's go, I guess. Like it's all good. Yeah, there's no reason, point. no reason given, and it's yeah, it's not like it's not like he could be like, oh, we're we're trying to get build some goodwill with these people. No, they're just trying to terrify him. So he does. So he shouldn't care, you know. Right, right. So like that. That's those are and my on two... top of it, she's barking up the exact right tree too. The she right is, tree. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, that's the last of my negative notes. Please continue your notes. Okay, my positive notes is uh, A, Ewan McGregor is awesome, and for the first time as Obi-Wan, he really gets to act. He gets long enough enough scenes written by people who understand how people talk and actors to to let, but still understand the Obi-Wan character, and it's just fantastic. You you Uh, know what's something I noticed about the pace? All the scenes outside of like all of Obi Wan's scenes are much slower paced, and they like the shots linger, and they hold for long pauses. They really because it's bring... a character. It's yeah, a, the whole characters are the whole thing. The and then, opposite and then the rest of, of the show the has like really the... has really crisp editing the pre- uh, for the the rest of it. But like those have like were really all plot. The prequels yeah. were like advancement of plot. So Obi Wan was just doing plot in it and you know and when he had character stuff it was george lucas written character stuff that was just enough to get you get you through it wasn't until um clone wars but clone wars was also a 22 minute format so that was also good this you this had this gives you and mcgregor room to act room to act joel edgerton Got to play Uncle Owen, and people are like, "Yeah, he looks the part, really good, and he sort of sounds like him, not bad." But he's a really good actor. He gets to act in this. He one. Gets, he gets to act. Oh my god, I love gets, Owen. He gets space to act, and he even gets to act in scenes with you and McGregor, and they get to act off each other. You know, he was like, you know, when he was probably playing Uncle Owen, he was like, I'm going to be in a movie with you and McGregor, you know, and they probably never even like cross paths on the on the stage. 
I think but, they did because he hands him the baby. He hands Brea or uh, oh, Beru right, the you're baby. Right, you're right. You're right. Well, that's yeah. like what three, like a day's worth of shooting. <laughs> yeah, at least they were on set together. But you know, I mean, these are these are two very good actors, and they finally, you know, two decades after after their original, you know, stint in Star Wars, get to act. Jimmy, my and my final one. Jimmy Smits gets to act, <laughs> gets to act, just doesn't have a couple lines that he can like. And even even in the Clone Wars, he's still just sort of like come in, say a few lines in this. Nope. Now he gets to uh, he gets to act. And it's mm. it's spectacular. You, all these people are getting who got to be in Star Wars. The only one who's really not hasn't got their day to fully act in a Star Wars movie now is Wet Blanket. I would I would love to have a Mace Windu thing. <laughs> yeah, Samuel Jackson's one of our greatest actors. Boom, you know, something where he gets to really like chew into the role, he'd be on it like a hobo on a ham sandwich. But that's all my lines or all my notes good and bad. Um, my first one is, can we just, like, talk about, just, like, mention for a second how amazing Vivian is as Leia and how much she just oh, channels. Oh, she nails it. She nails channels it. Carrie Fisher. She just, I mean, people were like, oh, she's obnoxious. She's just the Have right you ever met a fucking the... 10-year-old girl? <laughs> Have you ever met a 10-year-old Princess Leia? Every every first meet, like her first meeting with Luke, she's like, "Who the hell are you? You're short." And you know, the, who the Han Solo? Who the hell are you? You're stupid. get in the shoot, fly boy. Yeah, yeah, she's she's not not a you know she's a spiky personality, and and as a ten, and that as a ten year old girl without like you know the her. Ex, you know, experience in politics and just in in life fighting the empire from within. Yeah, she's she's right on the nose, like writing wise and um and acting wise. Just bam, she's right there. And also, as someone who has a lot of nieces, ten year old girls are fucking savage. They are so mean. They will destroy you and not care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and, and smart ones. Girls are mean, and she I, looks like her too. Like I, not I just like a passing passing resemblance. Like she has body Carrie's language. eyes, like her eyes. Body, yeah, and body language, and the way she, you know, just the way she talks and reacts, it's, it's fantastic. I, I will never forget. Like, uh, one time I was getting ready, and I was going out with friends, and I picked out this outfit that I really liked, and I did like. I it was one of the rare times I actually put on makeup, and I did my hair, and I was getting ready to go, and I was like staying with my sister, and I walk out, and my she was nine at the time. My nine-year-old niece looks at me and goes, you're wearing that? Oh, no. And then she went back no. to, like, reading. And I was like, what's oh. wrong with <laughs> Like, I was oh. so happy. Ten-year-old girls are mean. And this is I had, perfect. I, I, 
I had a I had a girlfriend who was telling me about an ex boyfriend of hers that that's why he was an ex boyfriend is she's like I got I got dressed up really nice and we were going someplace and we walked out and he said you going out in that <laughs> she was just like we're done. <laughs> It's what they give as an adult who could just be like, oh, like, you know, it, it's that that shirt is not quite like matching those pants. But my no, my niece was just like, you're wearing that. And then went back to like looking at her book. And I was yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> like 10 year old girls are obnoxious. Everybody who was like little Leia is obnoxious. You apparently have never met a 10 year old girl. Oh, they're not, not just 10, 10 to like 14. Are, and you know, the I mean, 16, are 17, mean. 18 are vicious too, but like 10 to 14 is like, you know, after 10 to 14, that, that gets them in trouble too. So, that, so they learn to, you know, like humans yeah. do, they learn to like, I, I would actually know. bump it lower, like eight to 14, like the preteens, like when they're starting to get that, like first little dose of hormones, if they hit it a little early, like eight to 14, like. Little little girls will lots of, destroy lots of, you. The hor hormones kicking in, and la and that 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 kid that pubescent lack of empathy, you know, yeah, is they just will a you. killer combination. They and are, the, and then if they're smart, they'll cut you to the core. They don't even have to be smart, but the smart ones will just like gut you. They will. So everyone who, like I said, everyone who was saying that literally is obnoxious, you've apparently never met a little girl <laughs> that age because they are obnoxious. Did, I, did I ever tell you about the time I'm at work and I took a smoke, smoke, quote unquote, smoke break, but it was a, it's a vape break. And I'm sit, sitting out on the bench in front of my work, just minding my own business, smoking my vape. And here comes a 10, 11 year old kid on his skateboard looking all punk rock and you know skateboarding down the sidewalk skateboards by me and goes just like nice nord vape <laughs> just keep going and i'm like oh my god he even knew the brand just 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 savage uh, uh, yeah. just and i can't even i can't even come close to the just the like just dismissiveness in the voice it was just great and timed just as he just as he's in between in between pushing the skateboard so it was like not the louder rolling so i would hear it it was just like wow oh, yeah. <laughs> my oh, hero yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um as for my next note i remember watching this and when i first saw little leia I was so shocked because I thought for sure because we we I don't they didn't even promote little Leia like it was just like here she is it was in she was in none of the promotions she was in none of the trailers yep very smart and then, and then we were here and that was such a breath of fresh air because I remember going into the show just being like what are they gonna because they kept, they showed Luke they kept showing images of Luke and I was like what are we gonna do we're gonna have this Luke story and blah 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 and we're gonna be sitting on tattooing again. Yeah, it's been like, sitting what are we on tattooing do here? for a while. Yep. And so when they showed Leia, and I was like, "Oh my God, is this really what it what it is? Like this is never Leia really what... seen Alderaan. You know, it's all like stuff. Like yeah, yeah. We've because we got a little bit of Alderaan in Clone Wars and a, a little, little bit, bit in the in the prequels, but we never actually like sat on Alderaan. Yeah, no, got to like yeah, see Alderaan. I mean, and... we've seen tattooing for sure. 
Oh, have we in like every show? <laughs> there's there's Star Wars fans who can draw you maps of tattooing, you know. Yeah. Accurate and, like, maps. <laughs> this is what hooked me into the show. It, it it's Leia. Like this was where I was like, I am so invested in this because it's a breath of fresh air. It's something different. It's something new. And then like when we get to Act Three and we realize that Ben's going after Leia. That is so fascinating to see Obi-Wan's relationship with Leia. Because we know his relationship with Luke. We understand that. Like, it's been, like, kind of covered and we know he's there. But to have that time of, like, Leia and Obi-Wan. And, and of course, episode one and episode two aired at the same time. So, like, the episode we're covering next yeah. week. I watched them back to back, so I got to see all no, that. Like, when- those two things, those two episodes together and, like, seeing Ben and Leia bond. Like that is the breath of fresh air for the show that really got me into it. It 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 when I saw it, when I saw it the first time I was like okay, now we got something to work with, you know, and it, it's something they, new they, they, to work with. They shouldn't really have met each other, but there are you know there's definitely several ways that they could get around that, and it gives it it, it it's like because I was like okay, what are they gonna do with this, you know, from the when they announced it on and then it's like okay you can see something okay something's happening with this but still like now after talking to yoda i'm still thinking about like how cool would it have been that yoda rescues princess leia but like the whole time and she never ever meets yoda before or after the whole time she just thinks yoda's some old grumpy trucker that rescued her you know and who knows you know yeah, just like you know, Obi Wan has been, you know, a little. Di- I'm I'm really leaning on that Yoda and the kid show. I think somebody should at least make like comic of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I I gotta. Uh, I'll come back to this again a little bit more in Act Three. Um. But I just I want to talk about Owen for a second. And you're right. Like. Now that he actually finally gets the chance to act, he's so amazing. And yeah. I have always loved Owen. I've always defended Owen. Like, I oftentimes get into this with Brian from Pink Milk because Brian from Pink Milk fucking hates Owen and thinks he's the worst father. And I've actually, like, looked at him on stream and said, what was the thing that he did wrong? He kept his son from joining, check notes, the Empire. <laughs> like why like what are you doing he's and he's he's kind of he's kind of a reactionary he's it, kind of like a overreacting on you know to like you know no we must keep him here forever and stuff and it's and and uh but if star wars ever taught you anything it's like if 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 he did try to keep luke there forever it would have just found them you know eventually but like the counter is do you blame him he yeah Shmi, no that's his that's me was his father and also like shmi was his family he lived shmi was his stepmother she lived with them and he watched her get taken and die and anakin shows up and the first thing he does is slaughter a fucking village of of tuscans and then and then Anakin dies. <laughs> like, like, why should he trust these people? And well, like, I would think he would like it. Like, Owen would be like, yeah, okay, he slaughtered all those Tuscans at least, you know, because they did kill his mom. 
you know so and 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 owen's no he's no jedi he's no like i should be following a higher ground on that but yeah like yeah i mean he's he's a salt of the earth farmer he doesn't want like the whole world of jedi and politics and all that stuff is you know just the exact op you know they're almost like they're just almost like simple amish farmers you know it's almost like they're like a different more just like earth religion than the jedi and are just like you know simple life simple honest life you know simple people fair fair dealing square dealing but tough when you have to be tough sort of thing that's enough that's all you need for life but obi-wan knows that that's not what's inside of luke skywalker <laughs> you're not going to be able to contain that but yeah it does I, I i mean i've never understood uncle owen as being like considered a, i mean he's like he's kind of a heavy from luke's point of view at that particular time you know yeah like he's he's a strict parent that's all it is yeah. and like but he's doing it for a very good reason because he knows his kid is he it's there's not heavy, like there's heavy stakes in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like helicopter parent of like, oh, my baby is special. No, his baby is literally special. <laughs> and, and has his 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 kid's dad, when he got involved with stuff like that, bad things happened. <laughs> right. Lots of bad terrible, things happened. Terrible things happened. So like, yeah, I, he's the... strict. But he's such a badass. Like, like I yeah. love, I love the scene with him and Riva for like how he just is just willing to die right there and then because that's what would protect Luke the most. Well, when he talks shit about the Jedi too, it also I love he that doesn't moment. have it's, to lie. He doesn't have so to lie. It's so fucking funny. He's just he's, like, no, they're vermin. I kill vermin. They're the worst. He's mad. He's like, I like inside internally. He's like, I'm not aligned with her. But I fucking hate the Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely. understand. I understand her going off and getting the Jedi. Go f- fucking get the Jedi, but like fucking leave my family out of it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna circle back to that note. But I, that's why, like, I think it's also like really rich when Obi Wan is like, Owen, there's more to life than your farm. Luke needs to yeah. go out to see the stars, and Owen's like, brah. Why did you put him at, like why did why do you want me to take him and put him out in the galaxy into danger? Like why do you want me to take my son away from safety? Like what well, are you fucking uh, thinking? <laughs> well, here's Obi-Wan at the same breath going, I can't do anything because I have to protect Luke. You can't let Luke, you should let Luke go running around, you know? Mm-hmm. It's 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 yeah, he's a mess. He's a fucking and, mess. But here's <laughs> here's my thing though. I think in that that scene we're seeing what Obi-Wan actually wants. Like when everybody else is like, go be a Jedi. You know, we need you to be a Jedi, Obi-Wan. He's just like, no, no, I can't. But in that scene, he wants to train Luke. He wants to take care of Luke. But it's not because he wants to do it for Jedi reasons. It's because he wants a second chance to succeed where he failed with Anakin. Which is not really a right reason either. It's not so, a right reason, but know. I I think that is the reason. Yeah, which is for why sure. He's he's like you should school him and take him all of that, and Owen's like no fuck you. Um, though to go back to what I was saying about how like all the characters kind of like symbolize um a piece of Obi Wan that he's getting back. That's also Owen and Beru and like uh Beru and I. 
you know, like Luke is the excuse of like why he lives so close to them, like in the cave and stuff like that, so he can protect them. But like you, we know at the end of the finale, like so much about of this is like reconnecting with people and reconnecting with people who are important to those around him. And Owen and Baru were Anakin's family, and so like being able to just connect with them even a little bit, and so he can like move away and have the safety of like feeling comfortable enough to like live a little further away and like get a house he doesn't have to live like literally next door in a cave to them like that that's another part of like obi-wan's journey is learning how to trust owen and baru and in the finale they beat the crap out of reva (laughs) and he's like oh you can protect him yeah okay um so it's about regaining that trust of like I don't have to do everything on my own. I have this community. It's like, just like how I had with the the Jedi. I didn't have to do everything on my own as the Jedi. I had a community as a Jedi. Um, and it's about learning that trust too. So, um, uh, 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 something I find interesting is, and I don't know if this is a show thing because they don't do this in Rebels. And they don't do this in Fallen Order, to my knowledge. And I and I know for a fact they don't do this in the Charles Soule comics. They call Reva by her name, they, they being the Inquisitors, um, minus Grande. Ron, Grande always calls her sister. Um, but the other Inquisitors call Reva by her name and not her title, which is not something they do in other media. And I don't know if that's a show thing where they want to be like, make sure you know her name, or if it's a disrespect thing of just like I think we don't it's even both. we don't recognize you even as the third sister because yeah, no, she think it's a, she feels a like the newbie thing. Because I think I do, it would be like calling Obi Wan Anakin, you know, it would be it would be like the Emperor calling the Obi Wan Anakin, you know, it's it's disrespectful. But what 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 the fuck are you gonna do about it, you know? Because but at the same time they want you to know that's see that's one of my problems with it like it's like we have people whose names you know strongly and like you have to with with her you're gonna have to like say her name quite a bit to get people to remember you know one thing i wish they would clarify is she's more than likely a newbie and so even if you had something about like from the fifth sister or from the fifth brother just being like you have to earn your title as third sister like i'm gonna keep calling you by your name until you earn your title because in the charles soul comic where we first meet the inquisitorious she's not there like she's not one of the original inquisitors she's new and so that would have been a nice clarification thing of just like she has to earn her title as third sister so they'll keep calling her Reva. Um, because she's, yeah, she hasn't earned it yet. Um, uh, over the, and speaking of Reva, I'll have a lot more to say about her over the course of the show, because I do think she's a really good character, and I really like her as an antagonist. Notice, notice how I'm saying antagonist and not villain. Those are two very different things. Um, like I said, she does really establish quickly how scary the Inquisitors are to normal people. Um, but I do also think this is really good setup for later, uh, because the reason she wants Kenobi is to help get her revenge with Vader. And a big part of her story is actually something that the fifth brother tells her. He's, he tells her in the alleyway, don't go too far, as in don't go too far over the edge. Because it, she is willing to lose her soul for revenge. But when she does end up losing later in the show to Vader, 
All she has left is her broken soul. And that is part of the reason why her redemption is so beautiful because her soul is broken because she does go too far and she doesn't heed his words. And when she fails at her revenge and she fails at everything else, what does she have left? Which is essentially what happened with Anakin. He lost his soul. But the difference between Anakin is Obi-Wan walked away from him and Obi-Wan came back for Reva. And that is their difference. And it's all set up right here when when essentially the fifth brother is like, don't go too far or else you're going to lose yourself. And she does. But he pulls her back being Obi-Wan, not fifth brother. So that's all I got for act two. All right. Um, ready to wrap this female Jawa up? I am ready to wrap this puppy up. Act three. Back on Alderaan, Leia hates her life because she's stuck at a snooty-ass party and she has to be a princess do pr- doing princess things. Oh god, the humanity. Try being unemployed. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, so, Brea, like, pulls Leia over and they go to meet their cousins and Bale's like, did you have fun breaking out of the palace? And she's like, yes. And he's like, do it again. And Brea's like, no! Stop encouraging her! And Bale's just kind of wakes and Leia's like, you're the best, dad. And so they greet the other Organa family members, and they wave at people doing royal people things, and they're having a good old time, and they go to a party. And in the background, C-3PO and R2-D2 are rocking on their guitars, playing a little jizz music, and they're having a blast back there. And little Leia is bored out of her fucking mind. So her cousin comes over, and her cousin's like, Ha ha ha, I'm snooty, and you're not a real Organa. And you treat your droids nicely? What the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, "Uh, Excuse you, honey. You must be a lower intelligent life because if you were actually worthy of any kind of life, I'd be respectful towards you. Fuck you! And he's just like, (sighs) It makes like really like obnoxious sounds. And so Brea and Bale pull her out, and Brea's like, you can't say things like that to your cousin. And she's like, but he was being mean! And she was like, I don't care. Bale, Bale, talk to your daughter. So, and Brea leaves, and Bale's just like, hey, that was pretty bitchin' what you did. And she's like, really, daddy? And he's like, yeah, that was awesome. But you're gonna be a senator and a princess one day, and while one day you'll rule your cousin, you're like you're gonna rule him, you can't treat him like that. Also, I don't care what he says, you're a real Organa, you're my baby girl, and I love you so much, and you're my sweet precious Leia, and I love you're here forever. Forever, forever. And she's like, thanks, Dad, I'm gonna gather my thoughts, and I'll be back to the party. And he's like, okay, and Bill leaves, and she does not go to the party, she sneaks out of the house again. Because she's like, fuck these guys. And as she's running around, she gets to outside and she stops and she's like, what's that like chill beats, that chill beat music that I hear that's like very uh, not of my time. And Flea comes out and Flea's just like, hey little girl, do you love red hot chili peppers? I could play Californication for you. And Leia's like, ew, what the fuck? I was born after the 90s. Thanks, old man. And he is just like, oh, How dare you? I'm gonna kidnap you. And Leia's like, I'm gonna run away. And she runs away. And Flea's like, Come back here, because I'm gonna give you some scar tissue. Ay. And so they go through a very wonky forest chase scene. And 
flee, and his goons capture her, and they stick her on a ship. And she's all like, unhand me, I know who my father is, he's gonna come after you! And she happens to still have Lola in her pocket, because, you know, she pit-pocketed her mom earlier. And she's like, Lola, free me! And Lola apparently is a Swiss army knife, I guess? And pulls out a fucking saw blade and starts cutting her free. But Flea comes over and he's like, that's not rock and roll! And he slaps Lola to the floor, floor and breaks her. So, because their daughter is kidnapped, the Organas do the only thing they can think of, which is call Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they're just like, please, Obi-Wan, she's our little girl. But, and, and, and you know how important she is. We have to rescue her. And Obi-Wan's like, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. My schedule is so tight. Like, let, let me look at my schedule. Um, at 12 o'clock, I go to work. And then I cut meat from 12 to 4. And then I just gotta come home. And, like, my my 4 to 5 is just depression crying. I'm just, I just, I just, I'm completely booked. I can't help you. I'm sorry. And he hangs up on them. And then the next day, he goes in the town. And then he stops and he looks over. Because hanging in the middle of the the town square is Nari's body. He has been killed and he's been left there as a warning to everyone else. And Obi-Wan just looks at Nari like, Oh shit. That sucks. Okay, I'm gonna think about that, and that's gonna have to pencil that into my depression cry. So he rides home on his noble steed, and he gets there, and someone's there, and just, like, sneaks inside, and it's Bail Organa! And Obi-Wan's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Bail throws off his cape, rolls up his sleeves, grabs him by the throat, and is just like, listen, motherfucker. I'm in Papa Bear mode right now, and if you don't go find my little precious baby girl, I'm gonna kick your ass, drag you out into the sun, and shove you on a ship. Got it? And Obi-Wan's like, oh dear, you might as well just go yourself. <laughs> this is very, um, oh, Bale, you've been working out. And he's like, I can't go, I'm a goddamn senator, and you're a secret Jedi, now get your shit together and go find my baby. And he's like, okay. So Obi-Wan like slinks off to the desert and he gets his little shovel that he apparently bought at the beach. You know, those little kid shovels. And he digs up his Anakin's lightsaber and he's just like, oh boy, here we go. Meanwhile, we're going to check in with the baddies for a whole two seconds because apparently it was Reva who has set up this kidnapping because she's smart and she knows that Obi-Wan used to be pals with Bale in the Clone Wars and they would want to keep their relationship secret, I guess. Anyway, that's what happened. The episode ends with Obi-Wan getting on a transport, but now he has his lightsaber on him, which he opens his robe and flashes for the entire fucking spaceport to see. And he puts his hands in his pockets and gets on a ship to go find Leia. The end. Yeah, I don't have as many notes on this this one. Oh my god, my cat is freaking out. Did you hear that? I did hear Miss Bernie's baby. She's grumping out now. I hear her. I was being nice and giving her a brush. Oh, you still want you still want the brush and you still like the brush, but you want to kill me? Huh. How cat like. Uh, um 
so I I have a lot of I'll I'll do I just have dumb notes in this one for the most part. Like when she's talking to her cousin, there's a little kid to the side, like to the far right, who looks like he has. I'm like, does that little kid have a goatee? Very strange. He's probably an alien, and it was his makeup. I do think it has an alien. Um. Um, I just want to point out, Hope, that yes. is not a kid's shovel, okay? That is a Jedi trenching tool. <gasps> Very similar to a U.S. Army trenching tool. Like, it's a little different. The handle of it's a little different, but I have one of those right in my backyard, exact, almost exactly like that. It's not as Jedi, but it's, uh, that is not a kid's shovel. That is a, that is a grown-up tren- trenching tool. So you and all the listeners know. Aww. My only other note is this has my one of my favorite lines of the whole series in it. Um, he's rude to droids. I, that car- that carries so much Star Wars weight with that one line, and also yeah. so perfect with Leah. It really it's does. Just, it's it's just a great line, and he's rude to droids. Is like her final like, fuck him <laughs> when she's talking to her dad. Mm-hmm. And like I've like yeah that's yeah very Star Wars very, Star Wars and Princess Leia line it's perfect. That's all I really got for for Act Three. Oh dang! <laughs> um, all you. I I'll get my other kind of like little note first. The Leia chase scene is a little wonky, but I kind of like that it's kind of campy and wonky because it feels like it came from the 70s, which is when the original Star Wars was made. So it doesn't bother me. So, yeah, (laughs) it's a little weird. Like the adults are just like, oh, I ran into a tree branch. I don't stuck now. (laughs) And I kind of like that about it. Um, Get all my little notes out of the way. Uh, Leia dunking on her cousin is amazing. Fuck that kid. <laughs> That's the note. <laughs> Fuck that kid. Um, let's see. I kind of mentioned this. Uh, 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 no, wait, sorry. That's a different note. Um, and I, I really like that they make a point with this show that Leia is just as important with Luke. And... The thing about that is, is that so much like because like Luke's the Jedi and he's the one who has all the big Jedi stuff, blah, blah, blah. Like it always felt like Luke out of the twins always had like the more prominence. And I like that this show took a moment that said, no, Leia is just as important as Luke in a different way. And she needs to be part of this. And you guys need to recognize that she's just as important as Luke. And I liked that about the show. That it took the time for having Bale even saying it. Like, no, this fran- franchise, pay attention. She's important. So. Um... And my only other, like, small, small note is the Organa party has some nice Andor beats because everyone, yeah. like, nobody wants to listen to Bale talk about slavery and taxing the Outer Rim at a party. And it, it's very much like Mon Mothma at her party is where she's just like, oh, the Emperor sucks. And they're like, ha ha, let me eat more well, caviar. It made me think, like, man, I'd love to see Jimmy Smith show up in Andor. 
And then oh. I thought, well, and or they don't like to do fan service and stuff. But then I also thought Jimmy Schmidt's in Rogue almost, One. He almost has to show up in Andor because well, yeah, he's Jimmy such a he he and Mon Mothma are like have to be working together. That's part of there there were there were see, cut scenes from the the prequels with them together. So they're they're close working together. So and, and also probably like, a good chance we're go, gonna see Jimmy Smith and Smith Endor, yeah. which would be really cool. Because normally I would agree with you on like, oh, that'd be fan service, but it's not fan service because no. Tony Gilroy worked with Jimmy Schmidt in Rogue One. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, he's in Rogue One. His, his character <laughs> should figure into all the dynamics of where it's going. You know, he is, yeah. He is the Hem and Mon Mothma are the leaders of the rebellion. <laughs> should it be? I mean, even if like for some reason they don't want to pay Jimmy Smith to be in Andor. They they should be talking about they should be talking about Bail Organa then you know because he should. The, the thing that's interesting about season two of Andor is unlike season one, which is like what like maybe six months of time, maybe uh, season two is covering four years, uh-huh. so there's going to be a lot of time jumps. So you don't even need Jimmy Schmidt there for the entire time. You might have him there for like an episode, right, and that would be right. enough. Right, so. but it just would make sense that he would be uh, us, uh, you know, just like having you know Sagrera in there. Yeah. Um, all right, my big notes. One thing I really like about this series, uh, being Kenobi as a whole, um, is the focus on Owen, Beru, Bale, and Breha. Lots of bees. Because so much about Star Wars is about Darth Vader being Luke and Leia's father, but. He's their father, but he's not their dad. You know, he's not the one that raised them. He's not the one that wiped their noses. He wasn't the one that fed them. He wasn't the one that, like, bandaged up their scraped knees. Their, their scraped knees. He didn't sit with them while they were six. He, like, he was never a parent. These four are their parents. And they love them dearly. And they are very much the people who formed them into who they are in the original trilogy. And... I especially like in Bale and Breha's case is because they're friends of Padme. We know that Padme and Bale were very close in the Clone Wars. And so, like, they can really instill a lot of Padme's teachings and goodness into Leia, even if they can't tell her the full truth. And I love Bale going into Papa Bear mode, that he doesn't fucking take no for an answer. He's just like, I could just see him the moment that Obi-Wan hung up with him. Bray yeah. was like, why are you putting on your coat? And he's like, because I'm going to fucking Tatooine. <laughs> like, I, I love that idea of that, because he's going to drag Obi-Wan out of their hole. Stu- that's stewing like, in his little ship for hours in hyperspace, just like, god damn. Yeah. And so, rehearsing like, his speech and how he was going to turn around and take his hood off. Yeah. But like that's something I really love about this show is they focus on Luke and Leia's parents, which is Owen Beru, Bale and Breha. And they are the people who made Luke and Leia who they are because they're the ones who raised them. And I think that's a, such an important part of the show. Um I like Leia doesn't have a big character journey in the show, but she does have a little bit of a character journey in the show because she's definitely different by the end of it. And I like how this episode kind of sets that up because she's a kid like any other kid. She acts like a kid. She just she wants to play. She doesn't want to be in boring meetings. She wants to go out and have fun. And 
like and so like Beha and Thale are just like you have responsibilities and you have to think of other people. And she does think of other people like droids and stuff. But it's not until she gets out into the galaxy that she kind of gets a taste yeah. of what's happening, that she starts thinking about things outside of herself and she starts right. thinking more like a princess. Yeah, the rest of the re- she's she is finally like she's not been outside of her her world as a princess before and now she's finally confronted with the outside world, you know. Mm-hmm. And basically you know, both her and Luke are they're they're skywalkers and they're eventually going to be confronted with being just sort of tangled up in the 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 large socio <laughs> political world of or and supernatural world of the galaxy at that time. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it's her first dip into into the you know, it's basically like episode four for her. You know, mm-hmm. she is she's she's transported by Obi-Wan Kenobi into the larger world or gets her taste of the larger world through Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, not in this episode, but like. Probably like later in the series or after the series is over, I bet Obi-Wan is freaking haunted by Nari's death. Because he is the one that tells Nari to go back to town, which is where he's caught and killed. And I don't Obi- know. I didn't understand why I would have been like, get off, go, leave tattooing, and just go find an even further off place. And I, 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 I think it's my hiding place. I think it was a moment of panic. The first thing, because I think in Obi Wan's head, he was just like, if you're in the desert, you're near Luke. Go back to town. Like, I, I, it's, it's a moment of panic for him because he. And, and that that's the thing about this. Like, if Obi-Wan had even just shared, like, a shred of the light side inside of him, he could have at least helped Nari get to a different port safely or get him to a different town safely to get off the planet. But it it just shows how closed off he is at he this time. He wasn't going to risk any of it. Yeah. He, he, yeah. And, like, he's he's also, because we, we, we find out next episode, he's also closed off from the Force. Like, he has he's struggling to use the Force right. now, and he, he's just struggling from everything. But I bet that haunts him later, because Nari is dead because he didn't help him. And I just, I think about that. And, but on the flip side, I, I like how Bale is the one again, because everybody is a piece of Obi-Wan helping him regain it, Bale is the one who reminds Obi-Wan of Jedi knowledge. He looks at him and goes, you need to let Anakin go. You're clinging onto that attachment, and you're clinging to the past, and you're using Luke as an excuse to do so. That is not a Jedi thing to do. Get up, Go help people. Go save my fucking daughter. And I like that Bill drops that Jedi knowledge on the Jedi <laughs> to remind yeah. him and to essentially like kick him in the ass to get him on his journey because that is pretty much what Obi-Wan does over the course of the show. He learns how to let Anakin go. He yeah. lets that attachment go and he stops clinging to the past so he can focus on the future and the future is Luke and Leia. And yeah, look at him dropping that knowledge. And the only other note is the scene where he digs up the lightsabers. I I like that he buried Anakin's lightsaber with his. Because that's probably the closest thing he got to burying Anakin and giving him a funeral. 
Yeah, but yeah, but he, it, yeah, but like he didn't not really though. It's like a half funeral because he buried him with himself. He buried himself with him, so that's he was, a, he's there that's with exactly. him. Yeah, that's that's exactly the point. It's, yeah, it's, I agree it's with that. Symbolically imperfect, <laughs> if you, if you want to let go, because <laughs> mm-hmm. if you ever want your own lightsaber, you got to go. You know, he's got to now look at his lightsaber and then go oh yeah there's anakin's lightsaber Mm -hmm. and that's actually also symbolic because the whole point of this is digging up his past with anakin that's actually a very valid point too because he digs up his past with anakin so we can face anakin later so yeah yeah. it's symbolism they've been buried together for 10 years stewing Mm -hmm. stewing in their grief and pain separate but apart uh, together but separate or no Apart, but I, I don't know. It, we've been talking way too yeah. long. Anyway, what'd you think of the episode? Scored up for me, Chris. That's all I got. It's a great episode. I really liked it, and I was—I I knew I was gonna really like this one because I just knew it was like it was. It was. I remember it being really good. I gave it a nine out of ten. I also gave it a nine out of ten. I did too. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm so happy for any prequel. You know, I'm happy for any prequel vibe, and just it would it would have been carried on a solid like seven to eight if everything sucked about it. But I got some prequel vibe, and you and McGregor as Obi Wan because he just he do, he's not gonna half ass it ever, you know, and so it's just it's great to see it's like slipping into it. It feels natural, you know, mm-hmm. but I liked all those. I liked most of the, everything around it too. So yeah, nine, niner. So yeah, nine for me too. I loved it. Love the heck out of it. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the two true freaks, Facebook page. This week, I actually am going to do the first feedback because Chris can't see it because it's on my Twitter. Um, But the other feedback comes from our episode commentary for Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, listeners, and he knows this is coming because I DM'd about it. it. I also see big red letters there. So, our listener Charles from Gold Squatch and Gaze, who is always lovely and like writes and, and stuff like that, I had had written on twitter earlier today we're starting our kenobi coverage for jacobs and jedi tonight i just really freaking love rupert rupert i've been we've been talking for way too long rupert friend as grande boyfriend so camp choose all the scenes so sassy grande is the uh, at his height and his power and savoring it i love this man and his betrayal charles wrote to me are you gonna bring up the gas pump and i wrote i mean now i will for those sure. of you who are who are new I have questions for you about the gas pump too. No, because we talked about this and it was on our show. And the reason he's bringing this up is I talked about this when I was a guest on his show talking about Rupert uh, friend. But Charles, what you don't know is this actually started on my show. So back when we were covering rebels. So like so, so long ago, I, I don't remember what episode, but I was talking about Grande and Thrawn's penises and what I thought they looked like. And Grande's is the, because he has the lines, the power and lines. My thought was it looks like 
the tip of a gas pump with the circles around it. That is the gas pump for anybody who does not know. When, so when I talk about Grande Boyfriend and the gas pump, I am talking about what I think his penis looks like, which I thoroughly explained I know. on Charles' show on Gold Squadron. No, I, 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 I knew what you were talking about. I have a question for you. Yes. About the gas pump penis specifically. Yes. So you, when you describe the gas, the penis as a gas pump, you know, with the with the lines, so, sort of, you know, the layered ridges. That was after that was after Rebels, but it now was during, the, it was during Rebels, I believe. It was during Rebels, yeah. It yeah, was after we an remember. episode of Rebels with Grande, and I'm I'm sure is when it came came up. <laughs> and uh, so so. Uh, We've been recording way too with this, long. With this version of just in general or tonight, with the in this in this episode with the the different Grande with the sort of like shorter rounder. Grande, do you think it looks more like a rolled-up armadillo? No. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting you to say. Thank I thought you, you were going to say, does it look like a normal penis? <laughs> Where did armadillo come from? I'm trying to think of something that looks like a shorter, fatter version of a gas pump. No. <laughs> no, no. He is Mr. Tripod. He still has a full gas pump ring full of dickness, and it is still ripped I'm from my I'm saying, I'm saying the same because it looks like his species, as they get older, they stretch out, you know? I, I, and maybe like it, it has the same mass, but it's more of like the Coke can, you know? Where, whereas instead of looking like a gas pump nozzle, it looks like the gas pump itself, which is sort of more like rectangular and girthy. <laughs> so the answer is no, you don't think that. No, it still looks not, like a gas pump. It's still think. ripped okay. for my pleasure. Um, okay. Though I will say the last part of this was I DM'd our, our notes, which has in big red letters, Charles specifically wants me to talk about Grande's gas pump right here. And I DM'd Charles. And I and he wrote to me, well, if I have to learn it, so does everyone else. <laughs> Thank you, Charles, for bringing up Grande's gas pump. And now everybody knows about it. And when you go pump your We've gas next time. We've talked about it before, but it's always it's been good a hot to have a refresher for new people. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a real hot minute because uh, I don't even think Charles was listening when we were doing our Rebels coverage. So um, it's been a hot minute. Um, but now everybody knows an old jet oh, jay guys no. jedi lore and next time you fill up your gas pump think about grande's penis and look at it for you're hope, welcome yeah. anyway take it away for our indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark okay so this one's from raiders of the lost ark i've done i did a little reading about this i did a little research about this after i read this from gene so i'll add that to this but gene hendrick said and we were talking about what we were talking about was like so Indiana Jones goes to swims out to the submarine. Many people have talked about this and like we're like, what? Why doesn't the submarine do, why doesn't he drown? So um and Gene Hendricks says, on the submarine, quote, plot hole, unquote. You have to remember that this was pre-World War II, so all of the subs were diesel powered. A how do I have to remember that when I didn't know that in the first place? The only way they could submerge is to run on battery power, so it's perfectly conceivable 
that if the weather was good and they didn't see any enemy ships slash planes that they would run on the surface for the whole trip. For a great view of what life on a U-boat was like, I can't recommend Das Boot highly enough. The director's cut is pretty long, but so worth it. Sort of like Grande's gas pump hope. <laughs> and is available for free on Tubi. Odd bit of trivia. Das Boot and the never-ending story were done by the same director and composer. You should so know, I, when, I, when I first read this, I thought it said Das Booty. Das anyway, Booty, continue. that's the porno version of Das Boot. I did see <laughs> Das Boot, but it was like 30 years ago, like <laughs> when it first came out on video. I didn't, I, I was still too young to see it in the theater, but like it was the first movie that really captured like what like the cramped quarters of a of a sub and was it, it is a great movie um but i did a little research first i looked up like some production stuff on youtube videos where they were talking about basically you know that indiana jones was supposed to hold out like lashes whip to the uh to the um um periscope and that's in the comic too and it's in the novel and yes, and uh, a, a U-boat, like if, if, if it fully submerged, it can't use its diesel motor because it would just asphyxiate everybody in the U-boat. So yeah, they have to go electric. So, and it's just much more energy economical for uh, a U-boat, which has very little, you know, just enough fuel. So yeah, they would have traveled like right along the surface, probably with the periscope up. So yeah. It's plausible. I learned a lot with this feedback. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> the educational I, Jean and Raiders of the Lost Ark are. See, you get sexy time with Hope and Education Hour with Jean. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything else for oh, for first episode of Kenobi. Do you? I do not. All right, Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at tutufreaks.com. That is our uh, our website on the internet where all the podcast stuff happens anyway. It's not like you're hearing podcasts on radio. We are not on radio. We are on the internet at tutufreaks.com. You can also find us on Facebook if you're a Facebook person. We have the Two True Freaks podcast where we post every episode that everybody puts up that you that you can see and choose from and listen to. And we have the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is sort of our hangout place. And if you really feel like it, you can go to the incredible. It's like it's like one of those like James Bond movies where the villains place is like sinking under the ocean and all the machines and computers are sparking and smoking and fizzing and there's Nazis running around everywhere like screaming uh, that is what Twitter is like now but if it's functioning on that that particular day you can go to a little island of sanity called Two True Freaks at Twitter run by Gene Gene the U-boat machine the podcaster Gene <laughs> killed the radio star oh switching it up a little bit wow wasn't expecting that ah, <laughs> but that's where you can that's where you can find me where can they find you hope 
Well, you can find me at JGuysAndJedi on Twitter. That is our Twitter account. You can also find me at HopeMolinax on Twitter. If you want to see some of the cool stuff I'm doing, I am a contributor for Dark Side of the Force, where I've been writing all sorts of things, like, what, I wrote something today, what did I write about? Oh, I wrote about Carson Teva in The Mandalorian, and how he's probably going to be one of the most important characters of the sequel trilogy. Go check that out. Um, and I'm also a staff writer for The Geeky Waffle, where I'm writing weekly reviews of The Bad Batch. So if you want to hear what my thoughts on The Bad Batch, you can check that out over at The Geeky Waffle. And as I said earlier, and as you heard last week, you can hear me over on For Light and Dice with our gas pump questioning friend Charles from Goes to Watching Days and a bunch of a lot of other amazing people where we roll dice and we go on adventures and we just started the second story arc so it's a good time to get into it um and i hope you guys enjoyed the episode last week i'm very proud of it and yeah and i should clarify like even though it's in the high republic you you don't need to know anything about the high republic to listen (laughs) i should have probably said that at some point you don't have to be high either no you can be high That's a different podcast, the High Republican podcast. That's that would actually be pretty what, interesting. That's, that's <laughs> what me and Megan call the High Republic. Like, whenever we're talking, we're like, anyway, back to the High Republicans. <laughs> like, that's actually like what we call the High Republic. I thought when um, you, I thought you were going to do a catchphrase or you were going to say, listen to For Light and Dice, where it's very nice, <laughs> or something like that. It just like, the face of your voice sounded like it was going to a catchphrase like that. <laughs> no but uh yeah so that's where you can find me all right guys Excellent. Well, come back next week i these the show doesn't have actual episode titles so come back next week and we'll talk about part two of kenobi part because two it, it doesn't kenobi two boogaloo yeah. electric boogaloo darth vader boogaloo <laughs> all right you guys we'll see you next week Bye! Bye Bye-bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show... Please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks.
Hello there.